Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Fact of Faith with me, Nayel Upondwana, here on SFM, leading the conversation as usual. We're together until 8 o'clock. It's 5 after 7, which means it is the beginning of yet another riveting conversation we're going to be having with those who are most learned pertaining to issues of faith. Tonight, we're talking about a conversation that was, well, already on the lips of many South Africans, particularly on social media, Facebook and Twitter. This is a conversation pertaining to what has been happening with churches. And so our question we're, we're asking tonight is, is it fair? Is it fair for pastors or churches to push for churches to be opened when they have not been able to play a pivotal role in the physical healing of people who are positive? And by positive, we mean COVID-19 positive. Would it be fair for churches to push to be open when they have not been able to play a pivotal role in the physical healing of people who are positive? And again, I want to emphasize, when we say positive, we mean COVID-19 positive. Remember, the country is facing an epidemic. And one of the expectations at the beginning of this epidemic Right about this time, when we're talking about it last year, we had conversation of, well, now that we have a global epidemic, surely members of, well, the various faiths, particularly the one that claims to have powers to heal, surely they should play a pivotal role now, because after all, particularly the Christian faith, has been seen in the news claiming to be resurrecting people from the dead, healing those who are sick, healing cancer, healing HIV, healing all sorts of things. Surely, if now we're facing a global epidemic, they are going to be the ones who are going to face this epidemic head on and attack it and win. And that's what we mean by a pivotal role. If not, they'll be able to go to hospitals and lay hands on the sick and the sick will resurrect from their beds or maybe pray for the doctors so that the doctors don't contract the virus while they're trying to heal us and the nurses all the frontline workers hell if not another pivotal role they could play is to play a role in making sure that the vaccine that we're going to have is going to be 100%, no side effects. But as things stand, we've got 80%, 95%, 90%, and the list goes on. So it seems as though the faith community has not played any pivotal role, but we could be wrong. I want us to be very clear. We could be wrong, and we are going to be talking about this role and what it is that they want. Now, it's very important that we understand that the act has allowed them to serve. They have allowed them to do what they want insofar as them abiding by the restrictions. Like 50 people in a room or half the capacity of the room if the room is less than 50 people capacity. 
hoping this is a bundle clear. So that's why we're asking, should they really be pushing to be open if they have not played a pivotal role? We don't really see them playing a role unless they have been playing this role in the dark, in the shadows, and they're going to be educating us tonight, particularly me. Looking forward to that, this education. Let's synchronize our watches. My time says 9 minutes after 7. Let's get down to the program. And if you're one of those people who would like to join in the conversation, please start dialing right now. It is going to expire. The time will expire very soon. So start dialing. Call us now. Send your WhatsApp voice notes or your calls and so that we may be able to. All right. If you're one of those people who has sent an email, we will not be able to read your emails, uh, but we will be able to read your text messages. We'll be able to read your WhatsApp numbers, your, your texts and your WhatsApp voice notes and your Facebook posts. Twitter as well, Joey. We'll be able to take their tweets, will we not? Yes, and their tweets as well. So use all of those and we'll be able to give you as much access to our conversations as possible. Our Twitter handle is at SFM Radio, at SFM Radio, and our hashtag is hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. I'm Nayelu Ponona. Let's begin. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order and then after, I'm going to play you a clip that has had uh, social media a buzz and our guest in no particular order is bishop julius malloy he's the president of the christian ministries of southern africa good evening to you bishop and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us again uh, good evening naya and thank you me thank you for having me on the show again yes thank you very much bishop also we do have muafrika wamanila hoping i'm reading that correctly a national convener of pastors against church closure the National Facilitators, okay, of the National Pastors Unity in Daba and Pastor of Faith Family Fellowship. He's also a lawyer, so we heard. In fact, he said he's an advocate. That's what he said in the clip. Um, ever so interesting to hear a pastor who is going to be speaking with an advocate's knowledge. Uh, pastor, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening, Brother Naya. Yes, uh, you probably butchered my name and surname. Oh, right? I am Africa Wa Mayila. Ah, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a bad surname. I properly uh, pronounce I'm, it. I'm so but sorry. But you are forgiven. I'm we so may proceed. Sorry. And oh. I greet also uh, Bishop there, uh, Bishop Baloi, and all the listeners at home. Yeah, yeah that, that's Muloi. Yeah, I, I see this yes, butchering. Yes, Muloi. <laughs> I, I also butchered it. It's all right. <laughs> my, my it's all right. Also on that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pastor. I appreciate you. And also, we do have from the Hebrews Rilites, oh, Evangelist Easton Zanum. Evangelist, once again, thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Welcome. Good evening. 
Thank you, Nae. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity that we have to delve into these matters. I also want to greet the panel and the rest of uh, uh, Azania that is listening at this moment in time. Yeah, thank you very much, Evangelist. All right, <coughs> so I'm going to play you a clip. This is just a part of what we saw. We may have seen it on Facebook as well. This is what we saw on Facebook. This is, I'm painting you a picture now, a, a pastor speaking with a number of other pastors behind him, nicely socially distanced in front of them. It's police officers in their full uniform and there's many police cars in the background. You can see them there. Some police officers are carrying cameras to gather this information very journalistic of them and one person who has posted i don't know who it is who has posted this particular clip on facebook we appreciate that person for doing that and this sound is courtesy of that person uh, i don't know who it is it just went viral but we are grateful to that person nonetheless so this is a clip of what happened it's not the entirety of it it's just part of what happened listen to this I appreciate if you can take one of your big cars or small cars here, go to them, let them give you something in writing. That says those notices that they sent the churches in Middlebecker withdrawn. Then we can start afresh. But right now, you are trying what you cannot stop. Because as for to protest, I'm putting it on record. We will protest. If we want to walk or drive there, we will drive our cars. Nobody will break our cars. Nobody will be arrested. Nobody will be shot with a rubber bullet. Nobody of us here will suffer anything. None of us. Baba Zulu, with due respect to your office and your uniform and the authority you are given by the state I voted for and that I'm praying for every day, I am telling you that you have been sworn in by the Constitution, sir, not by the Disaster Management Act. Therefore, your, your duty is to protect my right, which is in Section 17 of the Constitution, that I've got the right to peacefully protest. And what I will do here, it's what is enshrined in the rights. And there is no disaster management act that will take my rights away. Because what I'm doing, it's a reaction that was evoked during the disaster management act. And I have outlined that in our, we have, not I, we have, all of us, outlined it in our memorandum. And since those things are still remaining, go to them, tell them that we are still waiting. We've got one hour, only one hour. For them to put it in writing with a letterhead of the yes. municipality and the stem to say all those evictions are, are, are withdrawn. When they're withdrawn and you come here, you give me a letter, then we can talk your way forward. Yes. But as for now coming empty-handed with your authority, your authority is half-measured. You are defending those who are illegal. The, the municipality is illegal. We are legal because they started us. They gave us 24, 24 hour notice of eviction to a church. Without even, without, let, let me finish, let me finish. Without even considering section 4.2 of Kai Act, prevention of illegal eviction, I've got until quarter to 11 that you come back with a written thing that says they have withdrawn their notices and after we can talk whether I'm going to submit memorandum or we're going to go to them and talk to them. But as for now, say, I reject any negotiation. You can do, you can arrest me if that is the case, but I reject any negotiation without any written form that says, that says, yes, the municipality is withdrawing the eviction. They are willing to come to the table to talk. Because three times did we go to them. Three times did Mr. Similia, Apostle Similan go to them to talk to them. But none even once have they come to us. Now they are sending you so that you can do what bully us. Sir, 
your duty is not to bully us and we can't be bullied. Mm. And let me put it on record, there is no police who will bully us in South Africa. Mm. Because we know your duty. Public police, we are not causing any disorder and we'll never break anything. You see how smart we are dressed. You see how clean these pastors are. There is no even a single thief. You can search all of us. No one has a knife or a weapon. No one has even a gun in his car. I can guarantee you. We will simply walk and go and deliver that. But if you want to shoot us with rubber bullets, I surrender. We cannot go and run away. Shoot us. Yes. As you did in Sibukeng, so should it be here. Yes. We'll get another million says we are suing for them. You'll make, us, you'll make us rich. Wonderful. We want to be rich. Do that, Mr. Zulu. Do that. Okay. If ever you're not going to negotiate with us from that angle, we are not going to negotiate. We appreciate that. You can go back with your team. I'll go back with my team. All right, that is part of it. It's not the entirety of it. I'm going to give um, uh, uh, the pastor the opportunity to fill us in as to what exactly precipitated this situation. The pastor is here to talk to us about what happened there and to give us some context and whether to, f- and to find out what has happened ever since then. Pastor uh, uh, Maila, thank you very much once again for agreeing to talk to us. Do tell us what happened. We're seeing just a clip on social media. And again, I want to say uh, this clip was put up there by somebody. I don't know who, but when it was forwarded to me, it was already somebody who was sent it to somebody or sent it to somebody. So we don't know who put it out there. We are grateful to that person. And thank you very much for allowing us to have the benefit of that recording. We do apologize for the sound. So, Pastor Maila, do, do tell us what happened. What, what precipitated that situation? Uh, first of all, let me begin by saying that is a very unfortunate occurrence that happened, especially my response to the lady officer uh, that happened that went viral because people took the 30 seconds of the video without understanding the context because I found it No, 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 Pastor, I, I, want, I want to comfort uh, you right uh, now. Uh, we uh, we uh, have uh, removed that, that part. We are not even going to focus on that part. Yeah, let, I saw let it. me give the context. Yeah. What, what happened is that uh, Steve Chetan municipality began to issue out uh, the notice of eviction for uh, to the churches that are affiliated to the movement that I'm leading. And we got a call to say there is an eviction notices that are given to us to say they want to move us. Already they had started to demolish uh, within a space of 24 hours. And um, we are not saying the municipality has no right to evict. We went there to say to the municipality, you cannot do eviction illegally. Eviction must be done legally. Legally, in terms of saying it must follow the pie, the Prevention of Illegal Eviction Act. Because you have to serve a notice of motion to evict with the court. And therefore, we can have a chance within that 14 days to reply. Then what the municipality did, it just wrote some piece of paper. I wish I were on TV to show it to you that they wrote it. They said they give the churches 24 hours to evict. Some churches have been there for more than 10 years. There is no church that has been there less than five years. The ones that they said. So we went there to address such situation. Now the municipality instructs the SAPS to say these people, they must not come here and they must not protest because we are under level three lockdown. But they started with this action under level three, unrevised regulation, whereby the level three was very harder than the way it was now. So I was arguing to say you cannot stop us from protesting, whereas you are busy protecting the municipality that you don't want to take its responsibility to say they will stop demolition churches until 
this lockdown is over because you'll understand that by according to a, a, a disaster management act, you are not supposed to evict anyone during this period. But then they started the process during this period. Therefore, we have to stop it during this process. That's how the whole situation and the argument went about. That's how I was putting my case across to say, look, if you want to stop us because of disaster management, why didn't you stop the municipality before they start with eviction to say it's, it's under level three lockdown? You can't be doing that. All right. Um, let's be very upfront with everybody. Now you've heard that the pastor has uh, made reference to a clip with some lady. This lady is a police officer. What happened is after the pastor had spoken to the re- responsible officer in that particular operation, the p- police officer also was trying to speak to the pastor. And as the pastor was trying to speak also in the process, the lady police officer said, shut up. And in that moment, everyone from the camp of the pastor started objecting to the manner in which the, pol- the lady police officer had spoken. And there was so an, an exchange there between the lady police officer and the pastor to the point that the other police officers interjected and up, up until then again, the pastor objected. And well, so a lot of things happened there. We are not going to have that conversation here. The conversation of shut up, the conversation of how the pastor said, listen to me, woman, and all of those things, we are not going to have the conversation now. For this show, we're going to focus on the church part, the faith organization part, not the other part. I'm hoping we understand that we are not censoring anybody. In another show, you probably will be able to have that, perhaps with a different angle, we'll be able to deal with that. But for now, we are not going to talk about that. I'm hoping this is abundantly clear. So we're not censoring anybody. You can view it on Facebook. You can view it. You can put your comments on whoever you're viewing it from, but not here. I'm hoping this is clear. All right. Uh, do, do, do you, did, what, what happened after? Were you able to resolve the matter, Pastor? Yes, the matter was successfully resolved because we managed to apologize to each other immediately after they allowed us to deliver the memorandum, which is what they did not want us to do. Immediately when we were done delivering memorandum, we went to them, they came to us, and we began to engage issues to say, no, we understand that that was a heated moment. Therefore, um, apologies to each other for all the robust engagement, because it did not only start there, it had another background to it, whereby I was threatened with arrest, and so we're threatened with arrest and shooting. That's why I said you can shoot us if you want to shoot us. Okay. Yes, we can move on from there. All right, thank you very much. All right, now the question that we're asking for tonight, Pastor, which I need you to respond to. Pastors such as yourselves and other religious organizations seem not to have played a pivotal role in the fight against COVID-19. And I gave examples of what the greater majority is talking about when it says pivotal role. One of the pastors who went, who fell sick and died because of COVID-19 went on, on television in his show and said he's going to China to fight COVID-19 when he was still on his way there, contracted the, 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 the virus and later passed away. There are many religious leaders, many pastors who have contracted this COVID-19 and died. It would appear as though all the hula baloo that we're told by people of faith that they are going to pray for this COVID and they're going to pray it away and all, all of that did not work out. It seemed as though faith has not helped in any way for now. I understand and I can see your uh, position 
as, as churches uh, here in front of me, but all of these positions say nothing about the actual COVID-19. Should you really be fighting to open if your opening or closing has not affected COVID-19? Um, you will remember that uh, the COVID-19, it has been one of the things that the government has not opened for the churches or the pastors to engage. On the national command of COVID-19, I don't know any pastor of the charismatic or Pentecostal sitting there to be part of bringing the solution. I don't remember even a single hospital, even a clinic or private or public hospital allowing anyone to go in and pray for anyone for any reason. So now we cannot say we did not bring a tangible solution. What we can rather say is that we were not given an opportunity to bring a tangible solution because it will be false of us as Christians believing in God who speaks about healing to say there is no God who can heal COVID-19. God can heal COVID-19 provided there is an opportunity given for prayers to be offered for people of COVID-19. But in this current instance that we are in, there's never been any single individual allowed in the hospitals or anywhere to come and pray or rather even speak the word of God to any person with COVID-19. How will we know if we are not given a chance? Because God needs a chance in order for him to perform his power. Okay. All right. Let's bring in the evangelist. Evangelist, you're listening to this. You heard the background a bit of it. Do give us your perspective. Should religious organizations and their buildings, particularly churches, and by churches I mean those who read the Bible, who have been seen in the media for, to claim to have been able to raise the dead and heal the sick and all of that, should they really be fighting to stay open and be declared essential service if we have not seen any essential service offered by them, especially in their context where they can pray things away, like praying the second wave away, as uh, Prophet Mubodo once said? Now, now, when one looks at all these things that are transpiring, you, you've got mixed feelings about it. Whilst forcing conscience is against the very foundation of Scripture, but uh, I, when I look at these closures, closures of churches, they made us to reflect on many things in our worship, and uh, they made us become sober and uh, critically look at things that we are doing as, as assemblies or churches or whatever you name, you name them. Now, I'm not going to support any force of conscience on anyone. Because the very scriptures that we, we guide us and guide our worship, we, there's no one who has a right to determine whether someone should worship or should not. But what is very clear about about what has transpired over the months is is, is that uh, you know there's been a lot of uh, a, lo- a, a lot of deception, if you may like to, to, to call it. People who have claimed to heal and uh, we have claimed to do so many things, but which are not forthcoming at this particular time when that is needed. So, but for us to close the churches because they've uh, 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 lied, I don't think there is anyone who has got any right to do that. Let people continue to worship as they feel. That is what Abaya actually allows 
even us, he allows us to sin. He doesn't kill us there and there. He allows us to sin, and we have got to face the consequences of that sin later on. So this this idea of closing churches, uh, one is not very comfortable about it, but certainly it made us to reflect, to see the loopholes of the so-called worshippers, to see the lies, to see how we have moved so far away from the original plan of worship. Because when you look at the scriptures, the plan of worship was never designed in line with these mega churches, these mega institutions, the way they do their thing. Worship was primarily a home thing. It is a family thing. And then on the festivals, that's when only they were going to gather in large gatherings. So what we are seeing currently is business. It's, it's got nothing to do with true worship. Okay. People want churches to be open so that they can have money. All right. They Just... want tithes. They want, you know, they, they are not concerned about the welfare of, of, of their own own people. Yeah. Their own people are dying of COVID nineteen. Got and it. Got nothing it. Nothing has been done. All right. To, to be fair and factual a bit, there, evangelist, the government has not closed churches. It has closed all gatherings that are not essential service and has given well regulations as to how people should gather and all gatherings not just churches to suggest that just churches have been targeted would be well inaccurate so no i was talking in the context of of of, of, of the church i understand sir i'm I'm, I'm just putting it all in the context of worship Okay, I'm just giving a fuller context, sir. I understand. Okay, okay, All right. Okay. All right um, uh, Bishop Molloy, uh, you're listening, and I'd like to hear your take. Right. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Well, um, I, would, I would think that uh, it is very important for us to accept and understand where, well, the topic itself is very condescending against the church when you say, uh, the church has not played any pivotal role. And then whoever that came up with the topic then tries to explain pivotal, what they mean. However, um, as much as we cannot say that there was a pastor who prayed for this particular person who had COVID and then the person was tested and then they were healed or recovered. That's empirical evidence. However, there's another empirical evidence that says even today, not even 10% of the country has been vaccinated, and yet the numbers of new cases are reducing, the numbers of recovery are more than a million four hundred and odd couple. Now the question is who causes that? It is God. What is he responding to? To the prayers of his people. So effectiveness, if we want to measure it based on one-on-one basis or there was this particular church that did this or this particular pastor, I think it's an unfair way of looking at it. Because the medical and scientific world is not taking responsibility for the reduction of the spread of the virus at this current juncture. Why are people recovering and how are they recovering? Nobody, not even one person in the scientific world wants to take responsibility for that. And we are attributed to our God 
and our prayers. It's very unfortunate that uh, our government would not want to have any religious participation in their processes. And it's not only with, with COVID, it's with everything. Right now, you are literally forbidden from saying you can pray for someone who's HIV positive as an example, and the person can be healed. The claim itself is highly, highly discouraged and attacked. Now, the, the, the government has made it very clear and over a couple of years that they don't want the church or religious institution to want to have any interaction with healing. And so we pray in our own corners and believe that God will answer. And if God has answered, and right now we have more than a million recoveries without any uh, vaccine, without any uh, medical or scientific interference, we praise our God for that. And as to if the next person comes and says, yeah, but you can't prove it, that it was your God, well, that is your own case. Number two, the super spreader events that have been manifesting. Uh, remember there was a youth one that happened last year with the matrix and, and all okay, of that. Then, yes. Yes. And then you don't hear that there was such an event in a church anywhere, except for the one incident in the Bloomfontein. And in the uh, Eastern Cape as well. Yes. Now, if you look at the spread of churches, and if you had to rationalize that uh, with the national statistics, you will find out that actually the church has played a very, very disciplined role in terms of working with government, trying to adhere to very strict conditions, and saying, give us a chance to just gather and pray together, and that's it. And I want to applaud every pastor, every believer in South Africa who has worked very hard to stick to the uh, set protocols by government and not try to be a nuisance to government as far as making sure that the regulations are adhered to and we minimize the church itself being a super spreader event. It has been extremely difficult and all pastors have worked together and the government needs to one day and the public at last to say thank you churches for having played your part. So I don't know Whoever came this topic, why do they say the church has not played any significant role? All right, let me give you the opportunity now, sir. Are you therefore suggesting that you have played a pivotal role? Yes, we are. We have. And you're saying that role is? Uh, it's praying and making sure that we adhere to the protocols. Okay. And when you're saying pivotal, how do you establish the, your, your pivotal? We could have been irresponsible. We could have not agreed to the 50% limit, I mean, uh, 50 people limit, we could have decided uh, to, you know, get out of out of hand and just uh, do a lot. Remember, uh, Nye, there's a lot of sacrifices that believers had to make in terms of how they, how they interact with their God. Something that you know for 30, 50 years, how to interact with God, gathering of the saints, and all of that. And all of a sudden, it has to be abruptly uh, stopped or inter interfered with because there's a pandemic at stage. It's a huge sacrifice for every believer. And we took that responsibility. Right. And we did make the sacrifices. And right. we did pray. And God did answer. That's why right now there's more than a million recoveries 
and it is not coming from the medical or scientific world. So are you suggesting that by behaving, you must be lauded, you must be congratulated exactly. for behaving? Exactly. I mean, why, why would you, you uh, want us not to be congratulated for that? Because we took responsibility. Remember, the government was stressing a lot about what could yeah. explode out of the churches. Yes. And the churches had to be specifically mentioned by, in the speeches of the president and in all other provisions of um, of the Disaster Management Act, okay. they would specifically mention religious gatherings because they know that if they we don't participate and work together with government, there might be a, a worse disaster than that as well. And the church and the pastors and the religious community has worked hard, made huge sacrifices, yeah. and made sure that we work together with government. So we cannot say, um, no, that was just whatever. Okay. No, we need to say, Thank you, Church, for yeah, having yeah. played a role and worked together with the entire nation yeah. to try and ease the spread of the of, of the virus. Permit me to follow that train of thought, there, Apostle, and, and perhaps you can you can educate me there with with the logic that you're presenting. All gatherings, such as cinemas, like stadia and nightclubs, if they too have behaved, so you're suggesting by the same token, they could have misbehaved. Just yes, like they gather correct. a lot of people, they should be congratulated in the same breath as churches. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. I'm not saying that the church must be given the the, the, the high praise platform. I'm yeah. just saying recognize that we also contributed and okay. participated and worked together with government in that regard. Everybody right. could have just done nonsense. Yeah. But we all worked together as, an, uh, as a nation yeah. and said all sectors must come together, must pull together, and we did. And you need to say thank you and for that. Actually, Brother Maya... Just, just hold on, just hold on, uh, Advocate. I'll give you a chance now. One last question before I go to the break there, uh, 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 Apostle. Uh, we, we are looking at a situation now where you have given us a very interesting thesis on what should be, and yet uh, the Advocate Pastor there has given us something that is slightly different. He says they were not able to pray because they were not uh, uh, given the opportunity by government. It seems as though pastors in, 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 in this platform at least are not seeing this in the same way. And the advocate says we did not and we were not able to because government did not put us in the council, because government did not give us the opportunity, we were not given essential service status, we were not allowed into hospitals and that is why we were not able to. And yet you are saying we were the ones who have caused this. We are claiming that Brother. we did pray and we did cause this, the numbers to decrease. Which one is it? Brother, yeah, we are actually speaking the same I, language. Yeah. The only one you'll you'll get the chance, uh, Advocate, you'll get the chance when we come back from the break. Let's just give uh, <laughs> Dr. Malloy the opportunity to respond. Go ahead, sir. Yes, we, we do agree and we are speaking the same thing. You are the only one who doesn't see. Okay. The, um, the one is that uh, the Advocate is saying Government did not want to recognize us, but he didn't say we did not pray. We did. It's just that government did not want to acknowledge that we, we, we did pray and we did have a role to play. And if they, if they don't recognize us and they don't want to acknowledge us, we'll still pray anyway. And I, so I don't see how can this be a contradiction. It doesn't make sense to me. 
All right. Maybe you did not hear him, but he did say no, we were not able as to. Much as, as much as Bishop hold said on, that hold on, hold on, advocate, 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 you will get yes. your chance, your full full chance to, to respond to this. Just allow me to take a break and come back. When you come back, I'll give you the chance to respond. Stand by. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Welcome back and thank you very much for tuning in. You're still listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Upandwana. We are in conversation with three of our guests, giving us some perspective on the conversation that is already out there in the public domain. Now, the advocate is saying he did not say that. I just want to make sure. Are you disputing that you did say that you were not able to pray because you were not permitted into hospitals and the council advocate? I said we were not given a chance to pray for people, have a way of praying for them so that scientifically it can be proven, as the bishop said, to say, here is a person of COVID-19. Then there is a test that was made to say, yes, was prayed for and is healed. So how will you say we did not contribute when there's never been that chance? But as the bishop says, we continue praying for the nation. We continue to behaving. When the first uh, lockdown happened and they opened the churches, we continue playing by the rules. There has never been a spread from the church in the second opening or the third opening that we can call. So, therefore, the church has played a role. And to put it clear, as Bishop said, we must be congratulated. Yes, I will say the church must be more congratulations than even the theater, the cinema, and everyone. Why? Because we are the people whom they thought we're not going to abide by the laws and the rules. But we played more cleaner than many of them. All right. All right. Um, I want to read what has been put out there. Um, I will go back, um, uh, advocate, into our records and listen to what you said. If I have misheard that, okay, I'll accept that. But if I have not misheard that, I will come back and play to you again, uh, uh, Bishop. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to the WhatsApps. Those of you who have sent WhatsApp, the lines are open, by the way. If you'd like to come in and join in the conversation, um, you can uh, dial in. And the WhatsApp line is also open. And also the SMS line is also open, 40938-40938. For those who would like to send your WhatsApp texts, you can send those WhatsApp texts and voice notes to our WhatsApp line 0614104107. That's our WhatsApp line 0614104107. If you'd like to call in, call in and 011-714-2006. Again, 011-714-2006. Those are the communication lines for us. Let's let's talk about this issue of chance. You were not given the chance. Am I quoting you correctly, Advocate? You were not given the chance? Am I? Yes. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm not a pastor. I will never be. I'm not competent as you guys are in the field of theology. So I'm going to take leadership and counsel from you. I'm of the understanding that you don't need the hospital in order to pray. You don't need to be in a council in order for you to pray. If by any standards what the Bishop Molloy is saying, you continue to pray, it should not even be mentioned that you were not given a chance to pray because you could have prayed anyway. You don't need a building in order for you to pray. Why should that even be part of the conversation? We are say, I am saying that specifically because there has never been a point whereby scientifically 
it is proven that a pasta prayed for somebody who was tested uh, positive for COVID-19. And after prayer, two hours later, or three hours later, was tested negative. Why? Because such a contact has never been allowed. So now, let us say this. Let us put it this way. Our prayers are general. As the bishop said, we continue to pray for the nation. We pray for them. We are the watchmen of the nation, according to the scriptures. We are continuing to pray. Somebody can dispute and say, no, you did not do anything. It's science and doctors. There are also Cuban doctors, so on and so forth, who came on to assist the situation. But I am saying, if we were given probably a chance to say, pastors, here is the situation. Come to come on board to directly pray so that we can see that your your God can do this. Probably there could have been a different answer to that. So now, saying we have not yet added a material solution to this, it's another question on its own because we are dealing with spiritual... Uh, I, I, I need you to respond matter. to what I was asking there, Advocate Pastor, because once again, the mm. Jesus of the Christian Church, the Jesus or the Yeshua of the Messianics, never needed permission from anyone he would heal people without granting or getting anyone's permission and then he would say go and show yourself to the priest he never needed anyone's permission he never was part of any council he he would just say rise up go and show yourself or you are now clean go and show yourself to the priest you are using different scenarios can i ask you a question since it has been you have you ever came across a person who is in a who has been tested and in ICU with COVID-19 since it has been you, because we only get to know about them when they have tested and they are dead, released to us to bury them. So now I am saying, have no, we no, been- no, no, sir, no, sir. I'm, no. I'm surprised that you're, you're even saying that on national radio. Well, yes, let me put it out there. Let me put it out there for you, sir. I have seen and known many people who have gone and come back from COVID-19. I have interviewed many. I have written stories. No, no, no. Many of them. No, sir. No, sir. My question, my, listen and understand me clearly. My question is saying, have you ever came into, been allowed into any space to say, come and pray even through the window? No, sir. There, I've because never asked have, for that. I'm not, I, not interested in that situation. I, I, I that still doesn't something. help us. Sir, I need you to respond to the question. Yes. The, the Jesus, the Yeshua, the Messiah of the Christian faith, has never needed a council to participate in. He never needed anyone to invite him to any committee. He never needed anyone's permission. Why do you, whose example are you following when you're going to say you you were never given Jesus the chance? Jesus never went to any hospital. No, sir, he did not. from the gate and there is a, a probably six floors to travel to get to one place. We are now talking about a different administration. Jesus was operating in an open field. No, sir, that's not true. Again, no, 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 no. This very same Jesus was healing people in houses, in their homes, sir. He did not need a hospital. Do not misrepresent the Bible, sir. He was healing people in their homes, in the streets, next to dams. He was healing people and other people would even go on roofs, remove roofs in order to get inside the house. House, house. Not hospital, house. You have seen people that have been healed in your scriptures. Why do you need permission and yet your Messiah never needed any permission? I I am agreeing with you. That happened. That happened in the Bible, truthfully so. And even now it can happen. But the question I'm having... Why are you not doing the same thing, sir? Why are you saying you you want permission? Break 
the hospital to get in to pray for people. No, Is sir. That what you are suggesting? I am suggesting again that you are claiming your answer, sir, was you were not given a chance. And my question is, why do you want to be given a chance and yet your Christ never asked for any chances? Mm. The, 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 the answer that I'll give you is one simple issue. Christ was never, was never in a space whereby there is a hospital that closes people outside to even visit people. If we're given a chance to come in and be able to pray for people, then that would have been a probably different case. Sir, do but you... now I'm putting it to you. You are saying to me, let me ask you a question. Was there any person no, stopping Jesus to pray for somebody who was blind? Was there any person? Because in hospitals, if I can tell you, there has never... We wrote letters to request that can we just come in to pray? Even if it's a distance, we'll do all the social distancing like nurses and so on, play all the... We were never allowed even a single space to do that. Right. So now you're telling me about total different story that existed in a different setup of laws. There was never SAPS when Jesus was healing people. There was never hospital with securities. There was never rules of a uh, department of health. So now you are giving... Who was the minister of department of health when Jesus was praying for blind men? Again, there that, was no minister. Let, let me but remind now, you, sir. The truth is Advocate, advocate, advocate. No, no, sir. No, no, no. about this issue. Advocate, pastor, I'm going to ask you once again. I'm going to remind you. That very same Jesus that you are talking about is the very same Jesus who was attacked by the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees who had issue with him healing. Give an example of the very same blind man. Wasn't this man blind not too long ago? Who healed you? I don't know what you're talking about. This is what this guy said. But all I know is that I was once blind, but now I see. These are the very same people who tried to kill this very same Jesus and he'll disappear in their midst. Call it mythology, whatever it is, but it is not true to say that no one stopped him. Many people tried to stop him. Many people complained about him healing people on the Sabbath. How do you say it never happened yet it is there in your Bible, sir? Let me, let me, let me, let me bring you back into <sighs> a simple topic and a discussion. No, yet. sir. We no, are no, I'm going to uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm move on now to the evangelist. The I'm really bothered. No, sir. No. I'm going to move but, on to the evangelist now. I'm really bothered that you're going to say things that are in your Bible never happened. You know, you know what I'm really bothered you know by that. It seems as though now we have deteriorated this conversation to disputing the very things in your text. Your text. This is not, I'm not a pastor here. You are. To our churches, we prayed for them, they were healed from different things. Okay. We have seen people healing from HIV and AIDS, we have seen people who are crippled watching. Yeah. Now, the question I'm having is what is that were we given a chance to have a prayer contact with people, whether okay. laying hands on them or praying meters away let from me, them? All right. No, that has never happened. Yeah, so all right, let, let, let me you are telling me that Jesus did that. Yeah, Jesus did that because there were no rules. All right, there were, sir. There was no doctor Mchise to tell us on national TV that nobody can even visit his family member in hospital. That's yeah. something that you must also look yeah. into, take into consideration. Yeah. Read the writings of Josephus, sorry. You'll know that actually all of those things did happen. But sure, I understand you want to put I, out I, that I, argument. I, I, let's I let's bring in the evangelist. But context matters. You are out of context. Okay. Uh, evangelist, you, you're, you're listening to this conversation. Yeah, and yeah no, I think there is a need for an intensive clean-up act in these churches. You know, yeah. we need to humble ourselves and uh, ask the Father to give us the necessary power and the tools so that we can be 
like Yahusha himself, to falsely go and tell the nation that you can heal COVID-19, and yet it, it is, who needs to be given permission to go to the hospital when they own congregants? are dying of the same disease. Why do you want to go to the hospital when you have people in, in the very same congregation who are dying of this disease? I think, I think we, by and large, we're just giving lame excuses for, for our failures to follow the path of Yahusha. If we were a people that are honest, that are humble, that seek after the truth, then we could move onto the same pedestal as Yahusha was. But all this, 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 this is an X, this is X, this is a game. You know, they, they, there's an agenda behind with these men. What they want is money. They want money from the people. There is nothing else that they are looking for. So we had better clean up our act right now. And the next thing rise to the war. If we don't do that, we will continue to be what we are doing right now. All right. Um, Bishop Molloy? Well, um, I would think that uh, we 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 should accept the one point that the government has put a kind of a system in place, or there is a rhetoric that has been pushed to say when it comes to a sickness that is a national concern. The church should not even dare want to claim that they can participate in that or heal people or that. And I've given examples of that. The COVID-19 is also one, one, one such example. Now, you are right when you say, when you say now, we don't need permission uh, to pray for anybody. <clears throat> Yet, at the same time, we should understand that uh, government has issued our regulations, and they said all public gatherings have certain requirements to comply with and as stipulated and as gazetted. And the church has then contributed by complying and working hard to comply. And as much as... uh, you know, uh, hotels, as much as uh, the tourism industry has played a role in trying to help minimize the spread. We also know that there are people who were very misbehaving, and that is why the second wave came through. And as a result of that, we should encourage the a better relationship between government and the church. Because so far, government has not manifested itself as a friend of the church, but they have manifested more to be getting irritated by the church as time goes by. And that is why you will find that they will come and make regulations and specifically mention religious gatherings. That already is a discriminatory position of government to say we will say public gatherings are open but religious gatherings specifically. So for me, that shows that the the scales are tipping against the church as far as government is concerned. Um, and there's an obsession to try and um, 
you know, discredit the church or make the church to be a nuisance of some sort. And I think that is very unfortunate and very unfair. Um, as to whether, and I know that the rhetoric has been going on all uh, 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 media platforms, whether it's mainstream or social media to say, and uh, the evangelist has just repeated the same rhetoric that it's very discriminatory. Churches are just chasing after money. And I know by these people, he talks about the leaders and the pastors of the churches. Uh, they are just after money. I wish that people would work hard to refrain from making such statements because somehow, somehow that rhetoric is inciting and creating a greater rift and a wedge between the church and the greater society at large. I would wish that we would not be painted like that to say, we don't really care about God. We don't really care about the people that we are leading. We just want to take money from people. And I don't think that is a correct brush. And a leader such as himself to make such unfortunate statements about the church is very wrong. All right. Um, I just want to put it out can there. I, on, can I respond to that? No, 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 evangelist. Please, let's, let's not, because we have two minutes remaining. I want to read a few um, social media points. If we need to continue again, if this conversation needs to happen, um, we will have it again if needs be. If really, that needs, I'm going to ask, I'm going to prevail upon you, evangelist, not to respond if you permit me, please, sir. Um, uh, Axel. Foley at Axel's Foley writes, do they care about the risk faced by congregants or is it the lack of tithes? I believe that God is not in a specific building so I can worship from home or at my office desk but sometimes need fellowship. Therefore, the church visit. That is Axel Foley. Malume Shoti Signolo at Shoti Signolo. Rights indeed, they are justified because regulations, uh, religiously prayer, is that religiously, religious prayer, is the only weapon we believe no matter what is situation you find yourself in. Hashtag SFM Facts of Faith. Okay, please try and edit your posts before you uh, send them on Facebook. Kamuhelo, uh, I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly, writes. Church is a business. Food parcels were embezzled by ANC uh, councillors working with churches. Our government has allowed fake pastors to use and abuse our women. And the funny thing is 90% of congregants are female. So when it comes to COVID, uh, I don't see any need for them to have open. That's Kamuhelo Tahabalala. Kamuhelo. A lot of allegations there that you have not supported with any evidence whatsoever. Please share with us where you got all of those things that you said there. And then Google Damini writes, some of them, they making business out of churches. So you, uh, you could imagine they lose in terms of ching ching. I do not go to church because of those obvious protocols that needed to be followed. Google Damini, again, making another allegation there. Donald Mambongwa. Is, is it that? Mamboma. Okay, Mamboma. Some of the pastors, they are only eyeing for money. So if it is online church service, they will get nothing. All right, that's Donald Mamboma. And then uh, somebody is asking me there. And I'm going to respond as my closing statement there. What am I suggesting? I am suggesting that that very same Jesus with the Roman centurion, he didn't even go to the centurion's house. He never even arrived at the house and he healed 
So you don't even need to remove. You don't have to leave your house. You can merely wherever you are and pray if that's who you're following. It's eight o'clock. From me, Naya Luponora, and the team. I want to thank all of my guests. Have a wonderful evening, and Godspeed. <laughs>